Hi everyone, it's Melinda Mack and I'm here in Washington DC at the National Skills Coalition Skills Summit and we have our NIATEP on the road podcast coming at you today on February 4th at 2.28 p.m. Um, we're here with a very special guest. We have Katie Spiker from the National Skills Coalition um, and we wanted to grab her while we were busy here at the, the meeting to hear directly from our partners at NSC about some of the things that they're thinking about. So I wanted to kick off by asking you, what are some of the biggest issues that workforce development is facing um, as we think about the federal budget process, aside from impeachment, aside from all these Iowa caucus things that are happening, <laughs> why don't you give us a scoop on what you're paying attention to? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things right now in the conversation is that is that skills themselves are such an important issue on the Hill, both for our congressional champions who recognize that this has been a bipartisan issue in modernizing the Higher Education Act in a way that works better for working students, in thinking about how can we expand the apprenticeship conversation, in building out what it means to prepare the workers and businesses for a massive technological change associated with the future of work. We're seeing skills be an issue that is leading conversations in a way that we haven't seen in years past. And there's lots of there's lots of legislative opportunities right now. Believe it or not, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act is technically up for reauthorization. And while we're not likely to see a massive rehaul of the the legislation, it is something that we'll have to be talking about on the Hill. Right now, almost half of members of Congress that are in Congress now were not around during the reauthorization in 2014. So there's there, there's just a lot of education in what does WIOA fund? What does that mean for their districts and their states? Um, and, and we're seeing the same kind of jumping off point in thinking about future of work and thinking about how we're responding to all of those technological changes. Um, and so now I think is really a big time where offices are thinking about what a skills mean within a bunch of different pieces of legislation. That's super interesting. And, you know, one of the things we talked about at the NSC board meeting was some of the national polling that NSC has done. And so I really encourage that folks who are sort of listening, take a look at that polling, which is on NSC's website, um, because it does show that there's mass consensus that skill development is an important and crucial investment. I think I still struggle a bit with how little play workforce gets when we talk about the policymaking space. So in our state, as we think about the Invest in Skills New York campaign, we still continue to struggle to be a first tier issue Mm -hmm. when we have all of these other pieces we're sort of competitive with. But what's interesting to me is is concepts like the future of work are a place we're suddenly being able to plug workforce development in. So I know future of work is hot in the DC space as well. What does that mean for our context or the conversations you're having around workforce policy? Mm-hmm. The future of work is one of those issues, like you said, where we've seen candidates on the 2020 campaigns talking about it. We've seen a lot of play within press. Some of that is the fear that robots are going to take all of our jobs. And realistically, if estimates are, are accurate, there 10 to 20% of jobs will probably be eliminated, which means we need to modernize our, how we think about responding to dislocation and reemployment processes. In reality, about 60% of jobs are going to significantly change over the next decade, though. Some of the national polling that we just did looked at the fact that almost 90% of likely 2020 voters support public investment in helping people reskill and upskill in order to respond to technological change in the workplace at no cost to the worker. So exactly what you said, we know that this is a massively popular issue with likely voters and something that's going to mean if we have 20% 
percent of jobs being eliminated, sixty percent changing. That our our workforce and technical education systems are going to be tasked with with addressing the needs of almost a hundred million new workers over the next decade. So there's not just an interesting conversation happening. It means a real challenge for our current workforce system, and. And we know that already in that conversation, we uh, we are not investing enough in what workers need. So if we think about the impending challenge of addressing 100 million new workers with 40% less money than the workforce was getting 20 years ago, um, we're really really tasking the folks who are going to train and upskill people with with doing way more with drastically less. You know, I, to make another sort of plug, we, as folks know, we have the State of the Workforce Report. And so thinking about the what you're describing, juxtaposed with the 42% of New Yorkers who have a high school diploma or less, like the scale and scope of that challenge mm-hmm. is something that I, what I worry about is that policymakers are going to be overwhelmed with how large the solution has to be, especially in the context of like the minor funding that we're getting nationally. And so to me, it's interesting, and I'm glad that you guys are sort of paying attention to this, but it's also how we move away from like that we're just upskilling people to fancy new job titles or giving everyone a, a digital badge or certification. We're actually really talking about a full restructure in many ways of the way we educate, train, and employ mm-hmm. people across this country. Um, so you have other major policy priorities. I know if you if you know Katie, you know that she like eats, sleeps, breathes, <laughs> probably dreams about workforce policy. So we're, we're kindred spirits, yeah. <laughs> dreams or nightmares. Um, so what are some of the other policies that you guys are pushing on the Hill this year? Um, I know when you were at the Advocates Town Hall not that long ago, you talked a bit about infrastructure. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other things on the list? Mm-hmm. Infrastructure is a, a really interesting topic right now. We're seeing um, the, the recognition on a bipartisan basis of the fact that if uh, we're going to make uh, House Dems just released a proposal that would invest seven hundred and sixty billion dollars in a um, infrastructure package. Then, if we're going to make that kind of investment, then a significant number of new workers are going to need to be reskilled in order to do those jobs. So we see a bipartisan recognition of a need for a workforce p- component to that conversation. Um, there's also a lot of energy around potential reauthorization of the Higher Education Act, recognizing the role that partnerships with the workforce system can play in expanding higher education's capacity to be serving students who are also working. Um, There's uh, a lot of focus on expanding apprenticeship and thinking about how we're enabling local areas to be serving and working with um, working with other partners and expanding workforce, uh, excuse me, expanding apprenticeship to new industries and to a broader uh, set of workers. We are really excited about the impending introduction of a new tax credit that we've been working with Representative Horsford's office on um, that would provide businesses with up to $9,600 in a tax credit for for hiring workers um, from target populations and providing them with eligible work-based learning opportunities. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to, to better fleshing out the modernization of WIOA in a way to ensure that any reauthorization conversation works for uh, the folks who are really doing the work on the ground. Um, we're unlikely to see any sort of a modernization of uh, temporary assistance for needy families, but thinking about how we're better empowering uh, the TANF system to respond to and work on uh, measuring outcomes and not just inputs, so not not focusing purely on a work participation rate, but actually measuring whether people who are, who are eligible for some of those government assistance programs are getting into good jobs and have access to training. Um, and then there's the, the skills component of, of the immigration conversation. It's another place where we've seen bipartisan recognition of both a pathway to citizenship 
um, for uh, dreamers who have middle skill credentials, as well as recognizing the role of improving integration of new Americans by improving their access to workforce services. So I'll also make um, a plug for the race and equity piece that National Skills put out. Was it last year, earlier this yep, year? Last year? It was last year, I guess, technically, last decade, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a really important piece that we've been thinking a lot about at NIATEP, but also more broadly across the workforce system around how we really continue to infuse race, equity, and inclusion across much of what we do. It was interesting today, we had in one of our workshop sessions specifically around business engagement and how we're going to think about incumbent worker training, we had a lot of conversations in our small group around equity and inclusion and how we can ensure that this is also an opportunity to really think about meaningful work for worker advancement, but also more importantly, how employers are actually going to foot some of the bill for this. Because I think one of the concerns we have sort of moving away from race and equity is that employers, we're continuing to provide a government solution for something mm-hmm. employers should be investing in because it's good for their bottom line. Um, I know this wasn't what I said I was going to ask you about. <laughs> what do you think about that? What, what are some of the solutions on the Hill around what a business should be investing in mm-hmm. as it relates to their workforce versus the government? Yeah. Well, I think I think you're you're touching on two pieces here, which is what are the solutions on the hill? Probably not a ton, and uh, you you said this in the in one of your earlier questions, but a lot of what we're seeing the responses on the Hill to some of the future of work challenges is that there are either these really blue sky proposals that are not realistically certainly not realistic certainly within the next Congress or two, um, or there are these really niche solutions to what is automated trucking due to the logging industry in rural Maine. Um, and so having the kind of, yeah, I should look up to see if that bill actually exists. But um, uh, but but there's something like you know almost 600 bills right now in Congress that have the word auto in them, but fewer than half mentioned skills. So I think that that focusing on, you know, what are those realistic, actionable policies that can empower businesses to be investing in their incumbent workers and in their incumbent workers who are most likely to be displaced because of technological change. Um, And some of that is really building out these partnerships, industry partnerships between workforce educators, businesses, community organizations. Um, The World Economic Forum uh, looked at investment from U.S. business businesses and and found that right now, given the current level of investment, businesses are poised to cover about 20% of the cost of technological change in the workplace. But with added capacity um, through policy to help businesses within the same industry work together, that same amount of investment could cover up to 50% of the cost of technological change. So thinking about how we're empowering businesses to be investing and in leveraging and making what they are investing effective and efficient so that that the additional dollars that we're talking about them investing can go towards training and can go towards helping to keep workers who are on the job in the job, um, and then enabling policy to help build out their capacity to work together. Well, the good slash bad news is we have enough to do that we'll all have jobs <laughs> well beyond the future of work <laughs> conversations take place. Um, sort of last last question, predictions for the State of the Union tonight? Anything that we should be keeping our eye on? Um, I, I said I think the big thing is going to be some weaving in of the um, Iowa caucus issues oh, yeah. um, and our ability to count um, for elections. But are there other things do you think the, the president will talk about workforce development um, beyond apprenticeship? Um, can I can I go a little bit off the answer, which is 
Um, the response to the State of the Union is being, union is being uh, delivered by Governor Whitmer, who won her election in a very uh, close and purple state, um, in part because she was able to focus on what is the role of skills in preparing her state's workforce for the future. Um, she, uh, she's been really good at flipping the narrative around the assumption that everybody needs a four-year degree on, on its head and recognizes the fact that when candidates like her practice when she was running, were able to not just talk about skills as a component of their higher education or of their infrastructure plans, um, but actually lead on and talk about skills to voters uh, constantly, then she's able to see that this is a, this is a, a policy that really brought more voters around to, um, to, to supporting her. So I'm, I'm optimistic that, um, that we'll hear something in, uh, in her response to the State of the Union that really centers on the role of skills and the role of the workforce in, in preparing and getting to a successful country. Well, I have to say, you can tell Katie's a pro because she was able to divert. So you know that she's definitely a Washington insider. So I want to thank Katie for taking some time to spend um, sort of sharing her knowledge with us, but also to invite you all to follow the National Skills Coalition on Twitter. Um, it's just at, what, at, at Skills Coalition, at Skills right? Coalition, yep. And then you can also follow along um, at the summit with hashtag Skills Summit 2020 um, or at Invest in Skills New York. Uh, we are going to be taking a humongous delegation of people up to the Hill yesterday, meeting with our elected officials and with their staff. And so stay tuned because there'll be lots of exciting things coming out. So thank you.